Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I only have one question. Do you think I deserve your full attention? That's what I like to hear. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. This is Script to Screen, and I'm your host, Max, and joining me here in the booth is Gideon. Hello. And today, uh, we got a lot of movie news to talk about, and uh, also upcoming is going to be a review of True Grit, the uh, later entry of it, and uh, I'm excited to talk about Everything we got on the docket here. Everything on the we're docket. We're going to be starting with the Oscars, which just recently happened. And, uh, a whole lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Normally, uh, in the past, we've done, a, we've done a live Oscars broadcast, and we haven't been able to do that anymore. But we're here to co- sort of... I wish we did, man. Stuff. How crazy would that have been? Yeah, man. <laughs> we're doing the live one for that. And that's the thing about this, honestly. Like, there's... I mean, obviously, the, the elephant in the room um, with, with Will Smith and stuff... Um, it's been, and it's only been, it's been less than a week and it's already been talked to death. Um, so to a certain extent, like, it's like, okay, so here's another person's opinion on this event that's happened. But at the same time, it's like, it's just kind of fun to talk about. Cause it's like, it's just that, like, I don't even care. I'm sick of all the like, well, here's how we're going to take this seriously. And like, here's how we're going to like deconstruct this event and like say who was, did the right thing and who didn't and all that stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, fine. Twitter, you can do that. But like I'm more so here to just like talk about it because it's a crazy pop culture thing that happened. Well, okay, so I want to do two things. One, for those who have not seen or have not heard the news about what yeah. happened at the Oscars, let's maybe just we, do a summary. Yeah, let's just do a it's little like, summary. Like, we'll, just so, do, we'll, just, we'll just jump right in. And then do what we normally do for a movie where it's like we try to jump in and then we're like, wait, hold on, hold on, let's do a little summary. Yeah. So uh, the comedian of the day, uh, Chris Rock, who was hosting at that moment. I mean, there were multiple comedians. You had Amy Schumer and. Uh, Wanda Sykes and a whole bunch of others, uh, you know, but it seemed Chris Rock was kind of the main one at that moment. He made a joke about Will Smith's wife, and it was a very mild joke. Like, he even says it before the infamous event we're about to bring up. He, like, says, he kind dude, of says, it was a G.I. Jane joke. Yeah, he made he, a G.I. Jane joke. And if, and <clears throat> which, which apparent, so the joke is that she, she had, had shaved her head, but then apparently, like, she has this disease, which is why she had to shave her head. She essentially has, like... Which, again, I don't think anybody actually knows whether or not Chris Rock knew that. He may have, he may not have. Hold on. So so let's back it up a little bit. So so Will Smith's wife has like a a condition, alopecia, where it's essentially just a type of baldness. And she just kind of decided to own up to it. And she did like this post recently. And so then Chris Rock makes a joke about her short hair. And... uh, as you said, it was a G.I. Jane joke, G.I. Jane, that whole reference. I had never seen that movie. I'd never heard of that movie, but, you know, just because the main character in that has super short hair, kind of, you know, I, I would have liked it more if he did, like, a THX joke, because <laughs> he could have done the exact same thing, but, and then I actually would have got it, but, uh, yeah, without having to look it up, I should say. Um, but, yeah, so at the beginning of that, it seemed like the joke was going well. It was hitting with everybody except for... Uh, except for her. Except for her. And even Will Smith was kind of chuckling at it. And then the camera cuts away. He must have looked over, saw his wife was not happy. And he gets up from his seat. Yeah, Will I'm Smith not even up. sure that's what happened, though. Because 
what I read that as, as he was not actually like, because this is a thing that happens, I feel like, in these types of situations with celebrities and stuff, where I don't, I'm not even sure he was actually laughing at the joke. I feel like he was just like smiling in the sense that we're like, he, the joke hadn't registered with him necessarily. Well, it's a possibility. I don't know that that's what's happening. I'm just saying that's definitely a thing that happens where they, like, as celebrities, as being on camera, they just smile and laugh at stuff that they don't actually find funny. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's weird. The way I see it, I think he thought it was a, you know, it was a joke. He was kind of probably in this mindset of just, you know, laughing like everybody else was. These are, you're, you know, you kind of get this little comedy show if you're there live or watching it and, and that's fine. Um, but then I think he realized his wife just was not having it. And he all of a sudden had to go for like, he had to prove to her like yeah. out of nowhere, like, Hey, okay, and, if you're not finding okay, it all right, but the, I don't find it all right. right. And my take on that also is that I don't think the thing about that is that it's such an extreme reaction that there's gotta be something else going on other than that. Well, like, is, I can explain what's going there's on. There's no way that he goes and slaps Chris Rock on live television simply because of a joke. Like, no, there's I definitely a lot, a much deeper emotional thing happening with him. It doesn't make what he did okay, you, yeah. but it's also, like, there's definitely more than just that going on. And he kind of revealed that when he did his uh, acceptance speech. Well, <laughs> That's the well other okay, insane so I, I, part I have, about this. I, I have a little bit of stuff to tell you about this, but yeah. So the joke is made. Will Smith goes up there. He slaps, just slaps Chris Rock one time. Then he goes back to his seat and starts kind of tussing him out and telling him not to make jokes about his wife, essentially. And then, uh, you know, a little while later, then Will Smith all of a sudden wins Best Actor. Which, which he was expected to do. Which he was expected to do, but, uh, you know, it's just like all of a sudden you're kind of eating crow because you just had kind of made a fool, not a fool of yourself, but, uh, you know, really kind of degraded yourself, and then all of a sudden now you're accepting the biggest award of the night or one of the biggest. Yeah. But, uh I want to say, I think what this whole thing was, was him kind of dealing with some pent-up anger that he's got and dealing with some emotions that he has with the recent stuff that kind of has come out with his well, I mean, wife. They've, they've and been having, I think they've kind of been in the center of the public eye for a while now. I know, but there was um, that whole thing about... Well, I know that there it, was the whole thing when that turned it, into a meme. And Well, no, uh, so, his, yeah, well, his wife apparently has been cheating on him and... That was like a or revealed, to use, yeah, or to use the the culture's uh, euphemism for that open relationship. Yeah, so they're in that, but I don't. It, it was clear on like the podcast that they were talking about that that he wasn't really comfortable having that conversation. He's probably not one hundred percent comfortable with it, but he also doesn't want to divorce his wife. And I think the situation was he he kind of felt like at that moment one public perception of him was pretty low, and he was starting to lose like this this. I don't um, even, I'm not even sure about that. Not, not necessarily, I mean, just public perception is just part of it, but I really think it was he, him trying to prove something See, to I don't his know. wife I, and try to I defend her and to it, what it's going to be or not. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I'm just saying, like, there's definitely something going on there. I don't think it's my job to, like, guess what his emotions are in that moment. No. Um, personally, like, I think, I think it's just a, a weird thing that happened that it, that it's in the public consciousness that this is, and everybody saw it. it's like, a, it's like, and this is the thing, like everybody is now talking about the Oscars when they weren't before. Yeah. Um, it's suddenly all of a thing where the entire culture is suddenly aware of the Oscars where everybody, if this had not happened, no one would have 
cared that the Oscars happened on Sunday night. Um, Other but, than but people like you and me who uh, are really into films. Right, but because of a real moment of real actual drama happened, all of a sudden it's something that everybody's talking about. Yeah. Um, and it still is and, the biggest award show of the year, and it still yeah. brings in millions and millions of viewers every but, year. And just I mean, it's still... Sudden, so the numbers went up from 10 million last year to 16 million this year, which is still down a ridiculous percentage. I don't remember what the what the odds... Or the, not what the, what the viewership was before before COVID, but like when Parasite won, I'm not sure what the, the viewers were up to, but it was definitely higher than 16. Yeah. Um, but I just think it was him trying to kind of re-elevate himself and kind of n not seem weak to her and kind of try to present himself to his, his wife again as a little bit tougher yeah. and kind of do that. I think that was what it was partially. And he just re like, cause it seemed like he had just turned on a dime and he realized he had, he had, he had like almost had to do it. And yeah, I saw that there was one tweet that somebody had tweeted in like 2016. They said, um, Will Smith has to punch Chris Rock in the face. He has no choice. February 28th, 2016. Somebody tweeted that. Wow. <laughs> it has 172,000 likes that's, right now. That's incredible. I but I mean, it's like the Simpsons. You know, it's you like drop wild. enough of random like, stuff yeah. like that and eventually it's going to well, happen. I mean, it's but the entire internet. Of course, yeah. somebody had said that at some point in time. But yeah. Uh, so I, I just think, you know, they should have just forced him out of there they I don't think yeah. I don't think he deserves to lose the award I don't think he deserved like it was just a moment where it was bad and it seems like him and Chris, uh, Chris Rock made up pretty quickly after everything like I think by the end of the night at like the after party or whatever they were good and they were fine I think yeah I think and, and like Denzel really, Washington and Tyler Perry went over there and like talked him down and stuff too yeah so <laughs> which is like so yeah, I think I, I think, think that's, that's pretty good, cool. Like regardless that that there's actual like people of I mean you don't I mean we don't I don't this is the thing that's so weird about celebrity cultures that we don't know these people personally. But I think it is cool regardless just seeing from the outside seeing people like Denzel that seem to be per people of actual real integrity. Yeah. Um, coming and actually coming alongside of him and and I, and and talking to him about this like like that kind of thing feels very though, rare with Denzel I definitely always felt that way like yeah, he right. seems like a very he seems like a very very clear yeah. headstrong like just just no knows right and wrong he has a very solid moral yes. compass he seems like one of the better better people in 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 Hollywood in general and just like very very solid and kind of almost old fashioned values sort of guy yes um but yeah it so everything escalated there, and I, I mean, I think he should have been removed. I don't, I don't think they should. Well, remove. they said that I, there was a whole he bunch of weird stuff about. That. Apparently, like they said initially, they said we tried, but we didn't, we didn't have a come to a decision quick enough. And then later, like a couple days later, they said, well, we did try to remove him, but he refused, and it's just a whole, it's just a whole mess. I really don't he, care. Yeah, I don't like, think just, he should have been allowed to stay there after doing that. He can still get the award, you know, uh, after the award show, or whatever, yeah, and get I mailed. I mean. It's just but, all weird. I, what just like ha watching it play out in real time was just very odd and surreal almost. Though, though I still don't think this is the worst thing that's ever happened at the Oscars. <laughs> I well, so <laughs> define worst. Well, in terms of like morally, like all of a sudden in front of everyone, they they th this was not the worst thing that's that's come upon the screens of people while they're watching the Oscars. I think the worst thing was in, in 1973 when Marlon Brando uh, rejected. He was, I don't think he was even present, but when he won Best Actor for The Godfather in 73, he had a uh, Native American actress. Oh, I saw this on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. He had her go up and 
respectfully reject the award and had a very small little speech and he had a reason for why he was uh, rejecting his 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 Oscar and then immediately after she was done with this very very heartfelt and respectful speech then Clint Eastwood comes up and makes a a, a horrific comment that was just totally totally yeah. disrespectful and I think like I I never knew that Clint Eastwood said that or did that and I was like good god like that was just in such terrible taste yeah. and then people were talking about John Wayne in that but I I don't see any footage of him in that so I don't know how much truth there is behind it that apparently he was going to go up there and like stop her from having that speech and I don't know yeah but I I would still say this isn't as bad as 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 Clint Eastwood's comment after her speech about about mistreatment of Native Americans in film but yeah you know Um, it's it's second for sure well so I mean other Oscar news right let's get into the actual awards who was winning who was losing here's the thing man this whole thing up to the Will Smith was an absolute cringe fest like I was I was tearing my hair out over over this award ceremony so you start off and already they've presented eight of the awards before the show has even started and that alone is 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 pathetic like you 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 have an awards show why are you the point of which is to give yeah. out awards and give why these are we people, giving awards and give people respect and honor and we're, and we're give them we're, their time in the sun yeah and, really and now we're just saying okay we'll we'll do you and then we got other things to do and then they come up with beyonce like i like beyonce like and but we're gonna are we gonna do a five minute open with like it felt like a, a, a this is not the grammys like we're not here to watch Live, I'm I'm not here to watch live performances at least. Yeah, I'm and not it either. felt like a big chunk of that of was, the show was filled with live performances. The worst of which was we don't talk about Bruno, which was uh, just a desecration of that song, which I actually kind of like. Um, but they just and, did like a remix of it, and it was horrible. And isn't there um, wasn't there also like best best original score or something didn't get to be played? Yeah. So Hans Zimmer winning around. winning the score for I don't think he was there, but they did not present uh, that live along with editing along with production design so yeah, half, the anything, stuff that, half the stuff that dune won was yeah. presented uh, off not live which and by they the just way dune was the big in. winner yeah people forget that that had the most oscars yeah which i'm super happy for because which is again the fact that denis villeneuve was not nominated for best director when all of these things across the board were nominated for dune is just a bit ridiculous to me as well um considering that he was the he's the he's the director he's the helmer like those things don't just come into line by themselves you have to have somebody who has the vision who brings these artists these uh these other artists into line that that has a vision for the project like none of the all all the other i think it was six awards that dune won would not be there without him yeah um so the fact that he was not nominated is a bit ridiculous. But um, I'm still proud of Dune for being the big winner. Yeah, and, and I and, wish, and I I wish think after that it would have won Best Picture personally. But I, I agree. I think it deserved it. It was the best one on display out of like the main... Yeah, main I, films in contention I don't by think far. that. I think I would have picked Drive My Car personally. I really, really, really love Drive My Car and everybody should go watch it. I think it's still on HBO Max. It is a three-hour-long movie. It is a bit slow, but, like, it is a very uh, personal, a very emotional uh, movie. It's very reflective. I think everybody listening should go check it out if you're into that sort of thing. Like, it's, it's like it, you have to be in the mood to, like, kind of self-reflect in that mm-hmm. sense. It's about death and loss and, and personal growth and stuff like that. Um, is there a lot of driving in it? 
Yes. Okay. He does so drive you, so he you, does drive his car. <laughs> you said you said it was a little slow. I was wondering if it was like under the speed limit, a little you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how the speed limits work in Japan. Um but I, I drive my, per hour, buddy. Yes, drive my car hour. was my favorite of the nominees for best picture, but it never had a chance to win. Um I still really like Coda personally. Coda Coda being what what won best picture. Um I, I enjoyed the film. I, I don't think it's that interesting from a craft perspective. Um and it's it's definitely not a I don't think it's a great film. I think it's very enjoyable and very much of a people pleaser. But if we're gonna go with the people pleasing option, I think Dune is is right there as as your choice in terms of both being people pleasing and and a big spectacle that everybody enjoyed that actually has has some has some great craft and and the Academy honored its craft in other in other areas. It's just yeah. weird the way like I don't I don't understand the way these things work so, at all. Like so it's my just favorite so picks, odd. My favorite picks for the whole thing. Like I I knew Dune would be doing well in the technical aspects because it was just a visual visual spectacle and it was a amazingly well done movie into in terms of that. And I I I mean I loved Dune and I can't wait to see the sequel and all of that. And I know you read the books and we reviewed it and all that. But also uh, no time to die. Getting at least best like original, original song from song. Billie Eilish, yeah. And I, I mean, me personally, I really like Billie Eilish's music, so that I, was a I win for me too. I mostly like her music. I I thought her. I have already talked about this on the show. I'm not going to say I mean, it again. There's a great video online actually breaking down why the best Bond song was. Um, yeah, I've I, seen I that video. It it's a Radiohead in, song. I'm pretty sure. It was like one or two Bond movies ago, but it was um, by a rock band and Radiohead. Huh? I think it was Radiohead. Yeah, it might have been Radiohead, and they, there was like a breakdown of that. So Maybe it was just Tom York. No, I think I think it might have been just Radiohead in general. Either but, way, yeah. But I, I like that breakdown, and I will say that that song still is better than the Billie Eilish one. But well, yeah, but Billie Eilish's song for for No Time to Die was still very good. And All right, so I'm happy they won. Yeah, so, so that's the awards stuff. There's a but, but with the show itself, the way they do this thing is. I, <laughs> Amy Schumer, Regina Hall, and Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes, they were bad. Yeah, like especially I, Amy Schumer. Oh my God, Amy Schumer is just like I don't know anybody personally that likes her. Um, I do not think she's funny. I don't think the internet thinks she's funny. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I, she had like five uh, seconds of fame on Comedy Central for a little bit, and now she's like just the synonymous bit where she goes up to 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 Jesse Plemons. And then makes Kristen Kirsten Dunst get out of her chair, saying she's a seat filler. It's like this is it's just, it's it speaks to the disrespectfulness that the that the that they had with their other bits, where they're talking about like, yeah, nobody really saw these movies this year, like because nobody really cares, and no one yeah. wanted to see Power of the Dog because it's too long, and it's just like. Okay, In this the is a award movie. show. I didn't from, love the Power of the Dog, but it's a less than two hour. It's a less than two hour long movie. It's not. It's not like. Uh, uh, super slow in necessarily like I. Why are we disrespecting the nominees that we're meant to be honoring? It makes yeah. no sense to me. Also, also, her. She, I believe it was her who made like comments about animated movies, saying that they're yeah, only for only kids. for kids. That annoyed me as well. No, that's a complete disrespect yeah. of an entire huge Medium. section. Yeah, of the film industry. Yeah. And yes, a lot of a lot of animated movies are meant for kids, but just as many that are meant for kids are meant for 
broader audiences, meant for older audiences. There is so much range in that. That's well, it's like, just the it's just the general consensus among the culture. I think that animation is what is what parents take their kids to see, and they have yeah. to be there. Just get, like and that it's just not and it's true. Like, all because you don't enjoy it, Amy, doesn't mean. Other people, don't it's like just too. a really cringe way it's, to a, appeal to the masses. I think is what it is. Well, then, I don't think that's it, even like it's just right. I think it's it, to me. It feels like the the entire show was written around trying to appeal to people to get more viewers for the show. Which yeah. I I think if you're trying to get viewers, apparently we just uh, need Will Smith to slap somebody. Well, yeah, and, and then someone we're someone, good. someone also said on Twitter that it's it's not. Um, the Oscars wouldn't fabricate a, fa a fake assault because they could never do anything even remotely that interesting on purpose. That's very true, but also <laughs> the thing that made it me think it was real, and it and I'm sure it is real, because now Will Smith's career is kind of like taking a huge downturn, and his public perception of his, him has taken a downturn, but him dropping F-bombs live on TV, especially on ABC, which they caught, at least on their broadcast, and they, they the dumped States. the audio, but... In the United States, in Japan, and other countries, they that's how it first got through, and we heard the real audio. But the fact that he was dropping real F-bombs like that, loudly enough where he he's not even mic'd up, and they're yeah. hearing it, that to me was like, okay, they're not going to do a stunt yeah. and, and take the chance of losing right. a ton of money due to FCC regulations. Yeah. Well, and the other thing about this whole popularity thing in the Oscars trying to appeal to a broader audience is the is this weird uh, voting thing that they did where they said, vote for the best movie moment and vote for the best movie of 2021. <laughs> and then... So the best movie moment was was absolutely surreal to me because what was what one was okay so here, here it, number five was the Matrix the the bullet time I was like oh okay this makes sense number four was a movie that I've never even heard of number what three was the movie? Do I don't know? remember oh okay. I already forgot it I'd never heard of it and I don't even know what it is now never heard it was of it just and weird. didn't make room in your mind to number put three was Avengers Endgame Avengers Assemble and I was like okay fine number two was the Spider Man Assemble and I was like. Okay, this is very cringe, but also, like, I understand. But also, why is that not number one if this is what we're doing? And then number one was Flash enters the Speed Force. I was like, what? <laughs> what is even happening? Hey, and, I, and I mean, I'll take that scene over the other ones. It was just so hilarious to me that this is what this is what happens when you let the internet decide things. And the memes that came of this were so amazing. I was wondering why the we seen Flash... Uh, Enters the Speed Force memes. I I didn't get that. I didn't it's, know that that so was. There's a picture the of uh, of Warren Beatty doing the moonlight thing, mm -hmm. and he and reading it wrong. And he says, "It says here the Flash enters the Speed Force." <laughs> and someone says, "I like the part in Drive My Car where Uncle Vanya entered the Speed Force. Drive my car into the Speed Force." Uh, Reba just entered the speed force just yeah, like all okay. night. It's just such an easy well, joke. My, we, don't, we don't talk about Bruno. We do, however, talk about the Flash entering the speed force. Now that's great. I like that one. Well, my, well uh, there were a couple great memes that I saw of the of the whole slap thing. And then the final one was, oh my gosh, Will Smith just entered the entered the speed force oh. to cap right. off the night. And I was like, do, do, just like over and over the entire night just continues. Well, do you like, do you like uh, Madagascar? The first movie. I, I know of it, yes. And okay, I there's, yes. a, there's a great and scene in, the, yeah, yeah, with Alex where and they him running, running at each other <laughs> and there's like and then yes. Yeah, okay. So yeah, it's just Alex <laughs> like yeah, Alex. So they just like he goes from being joyful to like just totally angry as he gets closer. Like that was a perfect one. Uh, what was there was a few other ones that were great. Um, they were cutting in stuff between. 
uh, Madagascar and Shark Tales. Like that's been always the big <laughs> comparison. It's like Marty from that and 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 Oster the Shark Slayer. Yeah. And then uh, there was a, a Star Wars one where it's Will Smith. You know, he's laughing and then. It looks, looks over and it's his wife and it just says execute order 66 and then cuts back to him. Oh, he's yeah, so yeah. And then you just see him slapping Chris Rock and it just says good soldiers follow orders. <laughs> and I was like, that's that's fantastic too. I the, It was incredible how many memes there were and how much came from that. In, this is not this hours. is not going away anytime soon. Either. No, and it was within hours. Yeah, it, I mean, no, it was within ten minutes. Now that Arthur is off the off the air, now that we have a new hand meme as well instead of the, oh the fist. Now you have like Will Smith's like follow like through super straight. flat yeah. follow through <laughs> post slap hand. It's just it, yeah, it's. It's great. We finally have a replacement for that. So okay, you know the the fist fist uh, meme has evolved now. But yeah, it was it was wild. But I am still really proud of Dune for winning the most awards. I'm happy. No time to die. Got something at least. And I know a lot of people kind of hated on that movie, and some people loved it. I still really liked that movie, but we'll we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I it wasn't the worst uh, worst. You know, Oscars ever for sure. I mean, and it, I mean, it's better than the when you. It was the one bad. you hate, where Bohemian Rhapsody won for. So, oh, if, okay. So we have to, if we're distinguishing between like worst what they actually awarded and worst, yeah, like presentate or like the show itself. This is pretty much the worst show. This itself. was the worst show, but um, in terms of like how the awards were doled out, I'm pretty happy with the the outcomes. Yeah, there was nothing. The the thing the thing about it is that I'm I agree like there's nothing that it's like super egregious, mm-hmm. um, but also all of this stuff I heard somebody talking about this um, a little bit as well on a podcast um, that like these are all so predictable at this point like everybody knows who's gonna win what before Did, the show starts if you look at like gold derby or anything like that is there anything that was an upset it's no like literally it's all just 100 percent correct down the line i don't think there's a i i would have to look but i'm not sure there's a single one that gold derby would did not get correct just okay. because there's so many people that know so much stuff that like it's impossible to 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 get it wrong almost like that it's oh. just it's just very odd how the again it's this is almost like the information age kind of thing honestly because like everybody just knows everything there's nothing to hide like there's no there's no way to to not know what's going to happen um yeah. which i i wish there was a way that they could somehow do this differently where this was not the case anymore um but it, i i don't and i think that would also make it just a more interesting show in general all right. Well, when we come back here, we're going to conclude our Oscar discussion and then uh, talk about True Grit, the newer one by the Cohen brothers. So uh, stick around because we're going to be right back. From Feature Story News in New Delhi, I'm Ishan Garg. Shanghai expanded its lockdown to cover more areas of the city as it battles another surge in cases of infection. Hong Kong's main airline, Cathay Pacific, is preparing to fly the world's longest distance commercial passenger flight. U.S. officials are dismissing claims by the Kremlin that it's planning to scale back some military operations in Ukraine, saying the world should view Russia's plan as a redeployment from bureaus worldwide. This is FSN. There was this one time I went camping with my parents in a forest back when I was maybe like eight or nine. It was amazing. 
We could hear the sounds of the forest all around us. Frogs singing and owls calling and a creek nearby. I'll definitely never forget it. Most of us have a memory of being in nature we'll never forget. Let's protect the world's natural places so more memories can be made for generations to come. Visit worldwildlife.org. And we're back here on 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. This is Script to Screen, and Gideon and I are going to be talking about True Grit, uh, starring Jeff Bridges. And who's the who's the girl in this? Haley Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld, yeah. Two, two fantastic actors. Uh, did this win any awards, now that we're kind of talking about awards? Uh, I think... Did she, did she? She was nominated. I don't know if she won, and she was like fourteen when she when she did this, which is pretty impressive. Which is how old um, her character was uh, in the story. Uh, so it was nominated for ten Oscars. It did not win any, though. That's a bummer. But uh, the, the Tone Brothers Oscars, got yeah. a lot of. Uh, did they got a lot of Oscars for their movies? So they're 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 an interesting case um, because they kind of are. Um, I don't know if I would consider them auteurs or how I would. No, they're definitely auteurs. I, I'm just in terms of like what the Academy likes. I, I mean, the I'm Academy sure does Big not. The, didn't the win Academy a lot. does not like auteurs necessarily. Um, so they won most of their stuff for No Country for Old Men. They won Best Picture, Best Directing, and Best Writing for for that. Hmm. Um, and then they won Best Writing for Fargo. Um, and that's what they've won. They've been nominated plenty of times throughout the years, though. Um, right on. So. I think the Coen brothers are some of my favorite filmmakers. I I have not seen a movie of theirs that I have not liked. Um, so you liked Lebowski? Yes. Lebowski is one of my favorites of theirs. We um, should review it one day. I would love to do that. Yeah, I, I love Lebowski. I think there's a couple that I haven't seen that I have heard are not the best, like um, Lady Killers and Intolerable Cruelty, I think are the two that like people generally agree are not the greatest, and I have not seen either of those. But I, I do think that they... Are are some of the best filmmakers working? Obviously, Joel Cohen uh, made a solo film last year with the tragedy of Macbeth without Ethan. Um, I think they're making another movie right now together again, though. Um, so the band is back together. I think so. Um, it was just kind of like his. I don't really know the entire story of what's happening there, but I I, I think they're some of the best filmmakers working today. Um, the No Country for Old Men, The Man Who Wasn't There, Oh Brother, Where Art There, Fargo, Inside Lewin Davis, Raising Arizona, just like the down-the-line excellent stuff. Um, and I think this lands about in the middle of their filmography for me. It's it's The thing about True Grit is that it's a really well-executed Western. Uh, Maddie Ross, played by Haley Steinfeld, kind of... She, her her dad dies and she needs to she wants to go out and and catch well, the guy who did it. Yeah, he's he is her father is murdered. That's what I said. Is that well, what you I, just you just said he died. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. her father is murdered and the killer just kind of gets away, isn't pursued by anybody, and she finds out about that and decides to go to where he had been killed, which must not be too far from wherever she had like lived, and she goes there. Includes some of her father's business, gets some money for herself, and then, yeah, she decides to go pay a marshal or a bounty hunter or whoever she can get, essentially, to uh, go and pursue the man who just killed her her father. Because yeah. she and, and and from there, it really is, it is straightforward. That's what the movie is. Like, yeah. there's no, it's, they're going to go out and they're going to find him. And then, but the thing is, within that, there's so much emotional complexity Happening, I I really love this movie. The the opening and ending are, are are is just fantastic, and everything in between is just is just pure Western uh, classic stuff. 
What year did this movie come out? 2010. And what year did the movie R.I.P.D. come out? I don't know what that is. <laughs> you don't know what R. It's Jeff Bridges. He's also a Western, but it's him and Ryan Reynolds are cops. Oh, jeez. <laughs> How have you never heard of, of that? This does not I'm just look wondering good. which one came first because this it came seems on like 2013. Okay. R.I.P.D. <laughs> so Jeff Bridges, I mean, he just he does his same like Western character. Whoever came up with that title thought they were very clever. It's a good. I don't think that's that bad. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a it fun reeks movie. of I'm clever to me. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen that movie. Oh my god, we should have done that in True Grit as our review today. I, I didn't know you hadn't seen that. I don't think you would love it, but I think you would have fun with it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's like he is really heavy on the you know his gruff southern accent in the, in this movie he tones it back just a little bit in R.I.P.D. but he still yeah. essentially talks the same way <laughs> yeah and yeah the, but gosh I, and the Coen bar- brothers just love uh Jeff Bridges I mean yeah he's like he's like their golden boy at this point <laughs> but um that, that him and Steve Buscemi I should say yeah I mean they they haven't really that this is their only two movies I think is the Big Lebowski and True Grit I don't think they've actually done anything else other than those two um, I think they, they like working with, um, uh, what's his name? They worked with Josh Brolin a few times, no country for old men in this. Um, I, I they don't have their, they have a lot that of was people. Josh they, Brolin in this? Yeah. I, 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 I was like, this, true, no country for old men, Hail Caesar. Um, <sighs> Hail Caesar, I could never finish. I was watching that. And I loved Hail Caesar as well. So I see slow, it's just like was happening. John Turturro, they've worked with a few times as well. Yeah. Uh, Lebowski, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Barton Fing, Miller's Crossing. So they have they have their guys, but they don't. I don't think they have anybody that they've like. It's not like Christopher Nolan and Michael Caine where he hasn't made a movie without him. They they have these. They have their guys. Oh, Francis McDormand. I think Francis McDormand has been in pretty much every movie they've made because he's married to Joel Cohen. I'm just she's, a, she's married to Joel a, Cohen. After you said that about Michael or uh, Michael Caine, uh, I'm just picturing Nolan and him just like holding hands <laughs> for some reason. Oh, it's just like yeah, you know, it's him like okay, uh, Nolan, we're gonna be going through through the door now. Like yeah. come on, <laughs> or like Clooney's been in Burn After Reading, Hail Caesar, and Our Brother Where Art Thou, but nothing else. So it's kind of yeah. like they have. Oh no, he was in he was in that other one I haven't seen. Um, in, Intolerable cru- Cruelty. Yeah. So so like I so, so yeah. Jeff Bridges in this, he plays a marshal, uh, and he essentially goes on this. He's convinced by this young girl who just lost her father yeah. to, to and go she, and her hunt. character is so great, and it really is what drives that to yeah. happen. Like if she's not as headstrong as she is, uh, you don't get that. Yeah, that 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 relationship takes her seriously at first. Yeah. like everybody's just like you yeah. know. I love they, that scene where she goes up to the to the guy and and he, and she's she's they've had their their first conversation where she like she kind of like corners him into a deal and then she comes back again and she's like, and she asks him one question and, she, and the guy's like, oh no, are we trading again? And then it cuts to her <laughs> yeah. getting, everything getting everything she wants. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just like great. It's fantastic. Her, her, the dialogue that's written for those exchanges is, is great. This is, I mean, this is a very dialogue heavy film, but it is, it is very well written and just yeah. believable. It's and, not the type of Western that like once upon a time in the West is where it's like, where it's image driven, but the Coens still have a very strong grasp on, uh, visual uh, storytelling. Yes. And they're working with Roger Deakins here as they do very often. Um, and I, the thing about this is that it's, there's nothing mind blowing about the, the cinematography here, but I would agree. And I, and this is the thing about Roger Deakins and I've said this before and I'll say it again. 
the way he does cinematography, it's just so very precise and exact and does exactly everything that he wants it to do. So even though it's not flashy, it's not grabby, it's not look at how how cool what I'm doing here is. It's just like he makes the right move every single time. I, and yeah. again, that 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 complements the Cohen's filmmaking style very well as well, especially in this movie. So like in other I, films, I liked right at the beginning. I just want to bring up one yeah. bit of cinematography. Oh, that, yes, I know with what you're talking the train about. And it's oh, rolling. Yeah. I'm talking about the train, like literally reaching the end of the line, like mm. the literal end of the line. I loved the symbolism of that. And then towards the end of the movie, you see then just like when she's stepping off the first time at the beginning of this film, then she steps off again as she's older. Yeah. And it, now everything's more pristine yeah. and it's 25 years later and everything's constructed and it's kind of the settling of the West already at that mm -hmm. point. Yeah. Which was a very, very interesting time in American history. And I love that transition from like 1890 to like the 1920s where yeah. still if you went far enough west it still pretty much was just like <laughs> the final days of the yeah. wild west well uh, and her line at the end time just gets away from us it just like smacks you right in the heart it's just yeah. like man but i i think that the deacon's st cinematography style complements the coens very well because it's so simple and true grit on like some of the so like some of their other stuff kind of goes a little bit more wacky um, or, or uh, idiosyncratic or whatever you want to call it. So like Raising Arizona or Lebowski or The Man Who Wasn't There, like the, the turns at the end of those movies, it kind of just like ramps up and goes to some really unexpected places, mm -hmm. which this doesn't really do necessarily. It is very straight. It's, it's kind a of to like, yep, yeah, it's A to B. And then at the end you get a little bit of the emotional turn, but it's not like, Oh, so they're there. Like, what happens at the end of the man who wasn't there? I don't want to spoil it, but like, the end of the man who wasn't there is is wild. Um, mm -hmm. And I would recommend everybody go watch that movie. It's one. It's probably one of my top three of their favorite films that they've done. Um, but I really, I really, I really love what they do here in terms of in terms of having a great genre film uh, in the western. And again, that that and, what you bring up in terms it, of it's great and it stands right. on its own. As what you're bringing up in terms of the in terms of the 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 West and the the American progress stuff, um, and that 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 tenet of the genre is is definitely here. But but it has that emotional core that revolves around Haley Seinfeld's character mm -hmm. um, that 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 really grabs you, and I and I really like that. Um, yeah, also, her relationship with 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 Cogburn and the way it evolves towards that end and he, and he, the way he plays into his 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 style of justice and his his character and his gruffness um and the way that plays into the ending in, in terms of uh, of progress and time moving on and kind of what happens with I don't really want to spoil it but like the way that he uh after she's gotten older her relationship to him at the end it it, it really the the time time just moves on like that's again I th there's it's a it's just a perfect moment yeah Absolutely. I, I, I do love the conclusion of the movie. I mean, the, I think everything is really solid. And I knew that going into this because I had seen bits and pieces of it already before doing this review. But this is the first time I had ever sat down and watched the whole thing. I'd never really seen the very beginning of it. I think the earliest I had come into the movie was when she uh, is seeing the court case right at the beginning, which is also very fun. Great and scene. Great dialogue. Yeah. Great scene. That honestly might be my favorite scene yeah. in the whole thing. When, just because him like, giving his deposition about like... How many people have you shot? He's uh, like, eh, 12, 12 15. 15. He's like, how about we settle it to kill so that we can reach a reasonable figure? Or, yeah, no, no, no. He says, uh, yeah, no, he says, yeah, how many people have you shot? Shot or killed? And he's like, well, let's, yeah, yeah. let's do it to kills. So, And then he jumps up at 12 and 15. He's like, are you sure about that? Because 
I I've gone over the records. All right, twenty three. You know, <laughs> like and by the end of this movie, it's actually like way up at that yeah. point. But um, yeah, well, it's, and I I think the opening if you if you only came in at that point, I think I I love the opening of this film just as much as I love the end because it opens with the with her line, "You must pay for everything in this world one way or another. Mm-hmm. There is nothing free except the grace of God," which is a for a perfect opening line just on on face value. But when you see how it relates to the rest of the film, because you pay for everything in this world has several different meanings within the film. Because pay for everything in the sense that just like the literal sense that like the entire first half or the first quarter or whatever is her trying to figure out how to pay for stuff to get to get Rooster Cogburn but then pay for everything in the sense that like she's going to pay and she sacrifices uh, sacri- sacrificially as yeah. well is a, is is so it has that that double edged meaning to it in the way that she that she interacts with the with the with the world after that uh, so again one way or another yeah. um and, so, and, but, I, and then yeah. And then the grace aspect of it as well, I really love because it's a it's a film that that has that 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 depicts that relationship between grace and justice, which is not something that's that's easily understood or or depicted in 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 media in general. I don't think I don't think we, we it's very difficult to understand that because the two don't don't seem to go to get they almost seem to contradict each other because uh, Cogburn is 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 that figure of justice, yeah. um, and so we think of of justice and 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 people being killed and stuff like that as as grace being being. Uh, contradictory and paradoxical with that, but I think that again, nothing free the grace of God. Like I, I yeah, I, I I would need to 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 um sort of ruminate on that a little bit more to get to be more coherent. But I but all the pieces are there. Yeah. Um and yeah, and I like how they just flesh out everybody's characters very well because this is a film with very few characters. You get things. When when they decide to focus on somebody, they focus yeah. on them. But we didn't even really get, talk about Labeef yet at all. Yeah, he's a Texas Ranger who's also after the same person. Um, he had killed uh, some sort of government official, wasn't it? Like a he killed their dog, but then he killed the government official. Then after killing the dog, and he uh, had this I be, sounds I be, right. I think. Yeah, I think apparently. So the guy who uh, who had killed. Her father had also killed somebody in, in the state of Texas. So he was a Texas Ranger kind of going after him, trying to bring him back to justice as well. So he had heard about the, the murder and he had gotten there. So it's kind of like almost a race, but, and he starts out kind of as an adversary and throughout the movie, they once again, kind of all three of them kind of team up between the marshal, her and, and, and LaBeouf. So that's, that's, that was a great part of this. Um, just, Oh, man, how do I? I loved their portrayal of the West too. It just was, it just was very, very beautiful and and kind of nailed the essence of it. And they do did a great job without going too out of their way. But uh, why don't we get into some stories here? Uh, first category is first impression. I knew going into this that I was going to like this. I knew from what I had seen bits and pieces of earlier that this was a movie I was I was going to enjoy. And I had never seen anything I really didn't like about this. And I kind of knew where the movie went because I had like, I'd seen the court case part and I'd also seen kind of the end, like the ending, like, uh, high, high tension moments. So, but, I, but I was very pleased with that. My first impression of this movie was like, this is a good movie. I'd say probably an eight. Um, I don't, I can't pinpoint when exactly I'd first seen scenes of this, but I know it's been in syndication on TV enough for me to see some of it. Um, yeah, I, I'm going eight here as well. It's it's 
And and we're considering this is a, near the bottom of not the bottom but middle to bottom of the Coen Brothers filmography. Just shows you how how great of filmmakers they really are. But I think I think this is this is a, a great embodiment of the eight score in the sense that it's like it's just a great movie um, uh, down the line for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, next category is acting. Now that's where this movie really stands above. Like everybody's fantastic and. Jeff Bridges is great, and just, I mean... Haley Steinfeld could very easily, her character, come off as annoying, I think. If you don't play that that character right, a 14-year-old kind of dominating the entire situation, and, like, that could very easily be annoying. It, it definitely isn't, not in any way at all. Uh, she's very lovable and, like, and just endearing from the start. Uh, and you, and you, and it has to be, because if it's not, you're not with her and you're not, and you're not wanting to, to go with her on the journey of trying to find the killer. If she's not witty, I think then her character is annoying. But her character is witty along with being very and, smart and, and headstrong. Well, and earnest. And, and, like, she's, yeah. she has a, she has a, a, a deep an honest desire to for justice for her father mm-hmm. and and you can and you tell off the bat that she and I think the cinematography at the that opening shot of her father dead on the ground definitely helps sell that yeah um but but you you're 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 with her from the start in terms of her goal um you're 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 aligned you're completely instinct and this isn't this isn't really a necessarily a thing that's that's always the case with with film and storytelling but you're in this case, you were definitely in line 100%. I th- at least I was in terms of like, you want for the story what she wants. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I think for acting, I'm going to give this, man, is this a 10? I would say it's a 10. I mean, everybody is above. Yeah. Like even, even like the worst I could say is somebody is good. Yeah. The worst I can say is somebody's good. There is no bad acting in this. I And I think... The way some of these some of these scenes are written, like there's there's comedy in this, and the people who are just playing small roles for a few mm-hmm. moments are great. Like the yeah, that's opening something, hanging that's something scene. the Coens excel at is is small yeah. characters, crooks. Yeah. Uh, well, the opening hanging scene, people so- that are not necessarily main characters, like all that kind of stuff, they are excellent at doing. Oh my god! I, I um, just I, like the one dude's doing that heartfelt like final word speech, and then goes to the next guy, and he's just very like you know not having it. He's just trying to get it over with, and then he goes to the Native American, and he gets like two words up, and then they just put the put bag on his head. Like, it's very dark. Yeah. It's so dark, but at the same time, that's probably happened yeah. at some point, if not many times. So I, you know, it's just a great little. Bit of like the social situation at that time too. Yeah, in that era. So yeah, very believable. Well, and there's but, the bit at later I mean, when Rooster Cogburn goes up to the house and like just kicks the kid off the porch. Well, yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. At the same time, the you know they were kind of deserving it. That poor mule. I mean, that, that thing was not deserving to be freaked out by those kids as much as it was. So. Yeah, I don't know, a little give and take there, but yeah, it, it, the worst. I, yeah, I think this is ten for acting because the worst I can say is is people were good. I don't think there was a single bad actor in it. Yeah, from well, the- I think of the the thing that I the thing that I love the most of like the the Cohen crooks is the is is um, John Goodman in Raising Arizona, <laughs> like. <laughs> it's just like the funniest thing that I've ever seen in that movie. Oh, I love him in that movie so much. And I mean, it's like... I, I've never the, seen the Raising Arizona. But. Oh my gosh. John Goodman in that movie like will have you dying. Tell me that um, one guy in the cabin in this doesn't look like John Goodman. 
the cabin. In the cabin when they come across that, and it, you know, the, they had made the... The one where with the two guys Gleason in is in? Yeah. The other guy, I don't know who that is. I know the one guy is the redheaded guy from Star Wars and from Harry Potter. Yeah, the guy who plays General Hux. Yeah. Um, but no, the other guy with him, I feel like he looks like like John Goodman kind of looked when he did Flintstones a little bit, and I would have liked to see if if you would have been able to do like a side-by-side. God, they looked similar. I was yeah. just like, oh, my God. <laughs> they, they, um, they, 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 I know they like John Goodman, but they, they managed to find a pretty good look like for <laughs> Yeah, I, but, I did not think that. Um, I think I'll give this a nine for acting, and I, I feel like my acting scores are usually pretty low. I but I, I do think that it's 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 solid across the board. And again, that speaks to what I was talking about earlier in terms of like the Cohen's strength for for making solid pictures where they don't have that those flashier aspects that some directors will have. Um, where they they really focus in on the details and acting is a huge part of that because I feel like there's a lot of uh, a lot of movies where where the performances are not the they're not the 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 showy part of it. Um, they have and the Coens have other showy parts, but here it's just it's just like it's solid. I don't know how else to describe it other than solid yeah. right. um, across the board within the specifics. You can kind of talk a little bit more. Uh, look and feel is our next category. This is the only category I would say loses a little bit, and I just try to be consistent across the board. There was some bad green screen towards the the end of this movie, and they kept yeah, using. I a noticed that as well. Yeah, that close up shot with him and her, and it was just green screened really badly. That loses some. And I thought the same thing. And I was and I was I was like, this is a great moment. I was a bit surprised why. Uh, I mean, and they had shots of them actually doing the ride. Oh, I skipped right over a story, didn't I? Well, we can come to story after this, but look and feel we'll we'll stick with right now. Um, but yeah, it because of that bad green screen, it loses a little bit. But besides that, the rest of this movie looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, I agree. I'm gonna, I, it did stand out like a sore thumb to me, and I didn't seem like it was being used for any sort of uh, aesthetic or intentional yeah, you purpose. Didn't, it was, they didn't it was need just to odd. do those close, close-ups at those moments when they're running through that that forest. It just it looked bad. So I I would go with I'm gonna go with seven. Where he's like holding, where he's like he's carrying her out. Her, yeah. yeah. Well, he's holding her. They're on the horse, and it's it's while they're riding the horse. Yeah. It just looks bad. There were there, um, and they cut they cut away from it, and it was real like horse riding and it yeah. was actually being filmed for real not green screen and then they cut back to green screen so i'm like why why would you do that just i mean just don't include that in general then yeah it's, you don't need it yeah i i agree but it's a minor point i think um but, the but, cinematography across the board everywhere else is great the well, score is excellent um towards the end and when they play the song that kind of is motivating the score i love that part as well so um, it's but that but it loses those three points for the bad green screen. Otherwise, it would have been very high up there. So I'm between a six and a seven. Actually, I don't know if I would have. I don't think I would have given it a ten if that green screen wasn't in there. So actually, I'm going to give it a six. Um, no, I, there's another thing that I think I feel like the some of those those outside shots are just like very slightly overexposed, which I think gives the film a real sort of like almost like burnt out feel. Um, and I really love that as well. Yeah, not a very um, colorful film. Very, very. Um, I'm not gonna say like I don't know, washed. I don't know how to yeah, describe uh, it. But yeah, yeah. Um, and and so again, that just speaks to to Deacon's like uh, control of light and and the and that kind of thing throughout the film. Um, again, it's just a I think it's a masterclass in that type of cinematography and and anything you watch from from him is going to be that way. Um, I think I'll go nine for for look and feel here. 
You don't. Um, so it's what the one deduction just from that bad green screen there. Just yeah, one point? I, I I I don't that. Little, doesn't bother little you moments, as much. Little moments like that, I don't like to take away like huge amounts of points for. If it pulls um, me out of a movie, that's when it does it. Um, I'll I'll take points away from it, but it won't. So maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, I was between eight or nine. Um, so let's go back to story. I skipped over that. Um, story itself is good. I kind of like that it's very straightforward and it kind of has that older Western kind of vibe to it where it's not trying to just go a million directions all at once. It's very, there is a bad guy. There are good guys. Good guys are pursuing the bad guy and that is their goal. Yeah. And it is pretty simple and I appreciate that. I appreciate the simplicity and I also appreciate that, that, that it's, it's the good guys and the bad guys, but it doesn't just be, and I said this, but I think in the Batman episode, and if I didn't, this is what I meant to say. It has the good guys and the bad guys, but that does not mean that your good guys can be uninteresting characters. Rooster Cogburn is still on the good guy's side, but he still has complexity to him in the way that he interacts with the world. And I, and and that's, that's just great stuff as well. Um, yeah. So a story is, I think almost a 10. It, it really is. It really is excellent. I, I am going to give it a 10. I'm going to give it an eight. I don't think it's my favorite story. I'll say nine. I'll say nine. I don't think it's my favorite story of all time, but I do appreciate the simplicity and it doesn't need to be over like over complex or anything like that. And I think that is a plus to it. Yeah. I just think, um, well, gosh darn it, but the right the the comedy's great. Yeah. Well it's ah. it's simple, but it's also it's also very per, per perceptive. Yeah. Like it, it's it's very in tune with the character's emotions and and again this points to cinematography and acting, but the the story is 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 completely aware of what each character is feeling in any given moment and allows you to feel that alongside of them. And very few films are going to be patient enough or do that. or uh, or observant enough or or intellectual enough or whatever it is to 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 allow an audience to to do that. And, and it's and when you see it in something like this, it's it's worth appreciating. I think I am still still gonna stick with an eight, but I I think it's a very high eight. It's just it's not a nine for me. Yeah, but it is it is very good. Uh, I'm sticking with nine for that. Uh, final category is experience. I had a great experience every time I've watched this. I've never had a bad time with it. Um, I'm happy that it's on streaming. It's on Netflix. In case anybody wants to go see this, uh, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, experience probably seven. I mean, it's not like again, it's not like jaw droppingly amazing, but. It's very good, and I've never had a bad time seeing it, but this is about as average of a good experience as I can hope for. So seven is what I would say for it. Yeah, I'm, I'll give this an eight. I think that I still am on, on the side of, I think we should find somehow create a different category because experience and first impression are so similar to me that I feel like it's almost redundant to give two different scores for those two different categories, but we're kind of so far into it at this well, point. Well, I think it's, it's funny like, that at this point, yeah, a little late now, Gideon, to be fair. Yeah, I know. Making shifts during this 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 uh, final semester here. But yeah. Uh, all right, so what's our final score for True Grit? Uh, final score, we've got an 82 out of 100. Very um, respectable on our scale for sure. Yeah, puts it at the same score as Jurassic Park and Fellowship of the Ring. So, great company. Yeah. That's a, that's a little bit high, honestly, for for those two films for me, actually. Yeah, I I, I would say um, Lord of the Rings definitely is a '60s. And the Master and Soul all have '82s. Really? Okay. Well, I know you loved Soul, so I mean, I know I wasn't. Well, a huge I love fan Soul, of it, but, but I love the Fellowship of the Ring more. I but. know. 
But uh, all right. With True Grit at an 82, that is going to wrap it up for us. Thank you for listening to Script to Screen here on 90.3 WRSD FM Oshkosh. And we will see you here, same time, same place, next week. Thank you for listening.